Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And welcome back to another episode of Babe. 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 I'm here with Jocelyn Fee. Hi, everybody. I'm so happy to be back. It's an evening. It's Sunday, the Lord's Day. <laughs> Best dress. Finally. Oh, yeah. Day. Your Sunday finest. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're just, we have some open windows. I've gotten over my rat phobias of having the windows open at dusk and we're just listening to the trickling fountain and yeah it's just a nice it's a nice beautiful day serene i do you remember what we what was like what did we have to do on sundays at cascade we had to eat two meals instead of three so we got to sleep in later i remember we would get to wake up at nine forty-five on sundays if we wanted to if you were that if you were that lucky if you were that lucky if you were in trouble and had work projects or something you were up at 7 but if you were in good standing you could have a nice sleep in journey and then wake up go to brunch they had brunch instead of breakfast and there was a snack i think around 2 yeah so brunch they served cinnamon rolls which were a huge fave for me every week every week they had cinnamon rolls and bagels Oh with cream gosh. cheese and bacon. So I would usually eat a cinnamon roll and a bagel with cream cheese and bacon. And then they also did a... Oh, no. This was Saturday where they did the gross thing where they just put out all the leftover food from the week for Saturday lunch. Disgusting. Which is fucking disgusting. Yeah. I mean, it was like a fasting day. And then you ate... You had to wear you? fancy clothing. For dinner. You had to wear fancy clothing at like for the 4 p.m. family dinner. Was it a family dinner? Like you're supposed to eat with your family. Not at four. Yeah, it was like a four thirty, four fifteen house meeting. Four fifteen house meeting. Then you would get released and you'd go. Can get I get dressed some backup? Up. Then you go get dressed up and dinner was like at six. No, dinner was not at four. You're a psycho. It, okay, then it was at five fifteen. It was not any later than five. You would get released, but to get dressed up at four. After hanging out all day. Yeah. So brunch would be at 10, 15, and then would be over around like, I don't know, 11. And then you didn't, there were, you didn't have to do anything on a Sunday. You could just like lay on a couch all day if that's what you wanted to do. But you weren't supposed to do anything longer than two hours. Yeah. You would like, loosely don't do whatever you want, but nothing longer than two hours. Yeah. So it was like, you're supposed, you're very encouraged 
to go hike or participate in various activities that are taking place on Sunday. Not just like watch your friend play guitar. Yeah, but you could do that if you just strategically moved around to different locations where you weren't being observed. You could build pillow forts to hide from certain counselors and maybe they would be switching so they wouldn't notice if you did nothing. Mm-hmm. You just had a little toe grab moment. (laughs) (laughs) Oopsie. But I remember, and I wanted to talk to you about hooking up in the library because I feel like you did that. Yes, that's the best place. I mean, it was, I may or may not have been in charge of the celebration of the arts for the literature. Oh, I had a love love and lust of literature, literature. Um, and it's actually, it's called a sapiosexual. Sapiosexual? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sapiosexual. <laughs> Some of the biggest babes, I think, on dating apps are sapiosexuals, but go on. Sapios, obviously, a sapiosexual wouldn't be attracted to me because I don't know how to even say sapio. <laughs> sapiosexual. It's like Sony, right? Sapiosexual. So, so yes. It was there was like strategic plans of placing notes in specific books and then proceeded with Wait, you would communicate via notes left in books? Yes, yeah, that was an activity for a Wait, while. I didn't know anything about library hookups because I never hooked up in the library, but I knew that it was like a popular hookup zone. But I only please explain like the entire process because this is fascinating and I didn't know. Well, there was like hours of just pretending like you're reading in the aisles but actually you're like rolling between the aisles hiding and making out or just like being between the aisles well depending on the day okay so let's say let's take it back to your boarding school tryst (sighs) and you and him <laughs> I'm uncomfortable now. It's good to be uncomfortable. Get out of your comfort zone for once. This is the game. This is the game. So you and your trust would go in the library at like separate times. The library was attached throughout to the main the lodge. Week. Throughout okay. the week, there would be back and forths in different books where we would also maybe what cut books holes. Were they? Usually um, Hemingway. Mm-hmm obviously on the nose but cool uh yeah and sometimes there would be other books where you would cut holes like cut the paper out so you could put like one time there was like perfumes left for me in a book or pressed flowers in a book i mean it was a full-on romantic this is a romantic journey it was a intimate relationship maybe my only good relationship (laughs) up till my husband of course (laughs) I'm sad that I was robbed. Like, I didn't... My, I mean, my courtship was different, but, like, it didn't involve any, like, library, like, m- <laughs> sexy moments with a perfume. There was lots of heavy breathing and, like, what Dave perfume? Matthews band. I don't know, it was, like, a tester perfume, probably, from, like, his mom's magazine. I don't even know. So nice. It was so great because you weren't allowed to have perfumes. Yeah. But then did you wear it? Yeah, and then I would send, like, letters in the future. <sighs> you know, there's all kinds of... So you'd leave letters back and forth in these books. And then would you coordinate, like... Did you ever sneak out? This is probably why he actually liked me, because he didn't hear me talk. He just heard my <laughs> writing. 
Um, we snuck out for some early morning jogging on the loop. Oh my god! And just ha- solo. Just a so yeah. I think actually no Fiona Scott and uh, Wimby R- Rob. No uh, Fiona Scott <gasps> and, and uh, oh Alan Alan the bicycle kick babe. He could do a bicycle kick on the soccer field. Wow! I just want to put it out there that you were allowed to play co-ed soccer, which is something that I flocked to, like the salmon of Capistrano. Wait, so you and Fiona would go out for a jog, and then... I think it only happened once or twice. It wasn't like some... I can't... I'm no Cam Schwan here. Yeah. No, but... um. But it's like a bold move to sneak majorly out. Majorly, like, oh, we're going for... The, we're on the soccer team. We're going for a morning run. Yeah. I mean, and, it's sketch to, like, go and run the loop, but it's good. You can't go alone, because I think I explained this on the last episode. There were mountain lions, so, like, you would go... You were not encouraged to go alone. It would be encouraged so, to yeah. go. In I mean, we ha- I had to have a buddy in the buddy system, and that's why Fiona could come with me. Rob, his name wasn't Rob; it was no Alan. 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 There were there were four or five Robs. So you would go on this run, and then you'd meet up for an early morning makeout sesh. Makeout, maybe for second base. You know, it depends on how how. Uh, how for real you were feeling that day. I don't know. It was very, I mean, really, I think what in retrospect, it was just the thrill alone of doing anything that you weren't allowed to do was high. It made it so much more enjoyable than just like, Oh, an HJ in the park, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess that would be weird too. (laughs) (laughs) What's the furthest you went? (laughs) What? What's the furthest you went? At at a cascade, cascade. Yeah, I think that was it. Morning jog. Yes, maybe a boob, a boob I, show. I don't even know if people yeah, gave. There was some nudity, but it wasn't full nudity. No, there was no penetration. Full nudity. There was no oral. Yeah. Okay, so I'll leave. That's but second base, second and a half base. I don't know. Full nudity is a real gamble. There was partial nudity, not yeah. full, not full. Full nudes a. If you get At caught what point in would full you ever nude, have a chance to be full nude? Mm, Never. Rare. I mean, that's why it literally it's called getting caught with your pants down for a reason. Yeah, full nude was a gamble because if you're caught full nude, you can't walk that back. And if you're caught like semi clothed, you can always just be like, "Oh my god, I tripped," and he's helping me up or something. We were just going for a morning jog and we ran into them they were also jogging and i fell on a twig and i hurt my ankle he was looking at it what his fingers fell inside (laughs) (laughs) i'm so we just tumbled and tumbled it was like so weird (laughs) awkward moment but everyone seemed to be everyone's still in agreement don't worry about it (laughs) back off you rat i love it early morning is ballsy I only snuck out at night. Night is way more obvious. Night was scary. Yeah, it's also tr- like very, very scary, sketchy. You don't know who's out there. You don't know who's actually driving the golf cart around, like somebody that like we didn't know that worked there in maintenance. I always figured there was somebody working there that I didn't know. You know? There always was. Like, But the thing is, like, we got... So our friend Lauren taught me how to sneak out. And she... Yeah, she gave me like a crash course one night because when I 
the chillest the chillest when i got together with tyler rest in peace he was like let's sneak out like i'm gonna sneak out tonight and meet me behind the girls dorms and i was like i can't do it like (laughs) i was like i can't i'm scared and then he was like meet me tonight please and i was like okay but then i got scared and i just like looked out the back door and then the next day he came to me and he was like he was like i snuck out and i snuck all the way up to the deck of the girls dorms and i saw you looking out and i wondered why you wouldn't meet me (gasps) and i was like and I was like, you got to go. You got to do this. You got to do this for both of us. Do this for both of us. So then I got Lauren. I was like, I'm scared. And I got Lauren to teach me. So it was a whole thing of like, you I make sure no one's around. That. You then sneak off the deck and then you run a journal from tree to tree oh. to tree oh. and hide on the way where the whole goal, like behind the girls dorms was a big hill with a few trees. So you would go tree to tree to tree to tree until you ran and then when you knew the coast was clear, you'd run the west of the way, the rest of the way up the hill. And once you breached the hilltop, then you were in the safe zone. By the dumpster? No. This was like on the other side of the dining oh, hall. Oh, like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'd have to get to the top of the hill. And once you were over that hump, then all the guys would be there waiting for the girl. So what we did what? that last summer that we were there, I was like a dorm head. And so we created... We created a diversion tactic that was really mean, but it was also like really effective in getting us a bit, a bit able to sneak out, which was we would sit on the deck, on the back deck, all together, all the girls from my wing. And we'd wait because like the night watchman or whoever was on call for that night, like patrolling the campus, would always go do a final circle of the dorms at like 1130 or 12 or something like that. And then they would go, like, park and just, like, sit in their car and do whatever the fuck. And so, so to sleep. yeah, we would wait for them to circle. And when they st- saw us sitting out there, we were like, oh, we heard that, like, we heard that Rochelle was going to sneak out tonight. And, you know, she's new at the school. So we're just, like, keeping a watch for the younger ones. So they, like, don't sneak out. And we're just, like, we don't want them to get in trouble. So... And we'd throw, oh my God. we'd throw young ones under the bus. <laughs> and then when the coast was clear, like six of us would get all of our stuff and we'd all just make a break for it up the hill. And then all <laughs> the boys would be waiting and then everyone would go off to like their various fuck zones. My God. It was very elaborate. I didn't realize there was so much community. I mean, I was much more of like a solo. You were a solo. Like I love, anarchist. I like a community vibe. <laughs> we were in it together. Well, the first time I snuck out, I waited too long. So Lauren taught me and then I was like, okay, I'm going. Then I went one night and ran all the way up the hill and then... Tyler was gone. Like it was like too long. We both ghosted each other. Yeah. So then the next night I was like, okay, this is really happening. And then our friend Amina came to me and she's like, I'm going to sneak out too. And then someone else was like, I'm going to sneak out too. So then we were like, okay, we're all going to sneak out together. And this is what we'll do. We'll wait on the back porch and we'll throw Rochelle under the bus and then we'll all make a break for it. And so then that's what we did. It was magical. I cannot. I never had a desire to sneak out. It was tense. 
I, the reason why I could do the loop thing because it wasn't sneaking out. Yeah, I was just going was like for legitimate. a jog. You yeah. like a real life scam? <laughs> yes, please. I need it to be like foolproof. Yeah, I liked a danger element, but I was also like, I was like, once I do this, there is no going back. Like I fully have done this, and then it's like in my history is like I can't like write it any other way. But that was a good litmus test for like. Do I like this person? How do I feel about that? Are they worth the sneak out? Are they worth the sneak? And then from grace. I remember like there was so much. It was like a lot of just like internal tension leading up to like the grand sneak out being able to pull it Yeah. (laughs) That's that internal tension. But then I got, I achieved and we like hooked up and like fooled around. No sex, but just like other like magical stuff. And then I remember walking back into the dorms. I just had like no qualms. I wasn't even trying to sneak anymore. I was just like, been so long. Yeah. I was just like, it's 5 a.m. I'm like coming home. Gonna go to sleep for a few hours. And then the next, oh, we snuck out on a Saturday too. So then the next day was Sunday where everyone could just like lay around and I laid around all day being like, oh my God, like in post hookup. You're glow. like post cat mode you're like mm. yeah just like on the couch being like mm. ah. it was fun you know what a beautiful thing to be so excited about a makeout mm-hmm. not you know like high school was so jaded you know it was like everyone's like yeah and then they effed or i don't know it was just like yeah high school because everything was just like well obviously everybody's like he's 14 and he sells drugs or you know it just it was nice to be in a place where there was like some innocence that could be tarnished yeah and also (laughs) like it's like you're engaging in like consensual sex with the other person or consensual sexual activity where it's like you're both putting things on the line you're both making a decision to like go into this experience together and like kind of communicating about what's going to happen, like where you're going to well, go. Well, it's a lot of, you're putting a lot on the line, especially as a doorm head. No, yeah. no, uh, not trying to boost your ego here, but putting your dorm head on the line to sneak out to hook up with someone is a big deal. Yeah. But it was like, it's an act of devotion. I would say in the love languages, in the love languages, it was an act of service. Yes. And it was like, I don't know. I think going from, Having gone through the experience of being essentially raped in high school to then going to Cascade, still not class, still not understanding that that's like what had happened to me. And then entering this new universe of like, you can have crushes on people and then maybe you make out like secretly or like you develop feelings and then you have this plan together. It just felt like all those steps felt really comfortable to me, which is why I never felt bad. I never felt guilty about doing that. And a lot of things I did feel guilty about. And that was just not one of them. And I think it's because like there was that level of communication or just like you're on the same page about what's happening the entire time that you're engaging in this like romantic interlude interlude with someone else. As opposed to like, 
you're drinking, getting fucked up or like shit's going down. You're just like out late or texting and like one thing leads to another or like it was just different. Or like playing the field. If you know you're living with the same 100 people, Mm -hmm. you're not just going to be like, oh yeah, and then them and then them and then them and then them. I'm saying for guys or for girls, yeah. you know, of like you're going to be very thoughtful about like you're making more conscious choices about like do I like this person? Like do we get along? Like do we is there like a <laughs> spark here? And then like you get I think it also just heightens all the drama of it, especially when you're a teenager. It's like your emotions are all over the fucking map to begin with. But then when you have the added element of like you're not allowed to talk to this person or you're put on bands and like it's taken away. real fucking people. It's a dangerous territory to get into. That's not necessarily thrill fucking. Well, at that point, this this is the precursor to becoming to a thrill fucker. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this was like I couldn't put I couldn't even name what this was. But I just remember walking away from that sexual experience where basically my like boyfriend went down on me under the stars on like a blanket in the woods and it was like really nice and then i just like gave him a hand job and like whisper or no he jerked himself off and i just like whispered nice things into his ear and then i felt good about that <laughs> you were served the goddess was served yeah and, and i was like okay this is cool and i did what i was comfortable with and then walked away like sauntered away down the hill back to the dorms feeling really empowered which was a nice dream weirdly against the rules which is something that should be totally in line with like a healing process uh like coming off of like some sort of sexual trauma i don't know sounds like like, a healing to me it was so healing but like the sexual trauma being like everything that happened prior no no i know that's what i'm saying is is uh have you heard about this stroking in la there's some well is it called om oming oming yeah I don't know. I it's don't like oming is like in yoga you ohm. No, but this is like called oming, which is like you have a partner and they just like stroke your clit for like fifteen minutes or something. I, I wish the readers could see. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they do. I know. I know. I know. Well, I don't know. I heard that there's like it's like a it's like a massage parlor. Hmm. That there's like locations. I'm like, this is called prostitution. From a professional's, I have a legitimate massage therapy practice. Yeah. And my friend was like, have you heard about this thing? It's called stroking. And it's like where you go and you have your, you get like clitorally stroked for 15 minutes and then, and you pay somebody. And I was like, yeah, that's called prostitution. I don't know who the hell you're going to, but I heard it's in LA somewhere. It's in the, in the recesses of somewhere in LA. So if the readers know anything about this, well, I think send us the details that's related to oming practice, which is like a tantric meditation technique. That's like, uh, one of my friends had told me about it like a few years ago and she told me and I literally turned beet red and was just like so scandalized. But then I was also like, we need to go like try and infiltrate this group and see what the fuck these people oh, are it's doing. It's a group. It's like a group of people where it's like you and a man or you and a woman, it can be anyone, uh, you go and it's a, they teach you you basically disrobe from the waist down and like go butterfly <laughs> keep legs your socks on. Yeah. Go butterfly legs on like a pillow. And then your partner, you like kind of wrap your leg around a partner and then they just stroke your 
clitoris for 15 minutes. What if it's man on man? There's it's not. not. It's only okay, in it's service for, of women. Okay. It's man can do it to woman. Woman can do it to woman. But like there's, you don't touch the man. You don't, it's not. And it's the point of it isn't even to orgasm. No. It's just supposed to send you to like a really. They call this Carezza. Really? It's this whole like, you know, the non-coming sexual arousal techniques. But you don't pay anyone. And Tantra, I mean, Tantra is the, pretty much that's all that Tantra is. All. People think Tantra is like the sexy time, but really it's all about it's, you not coming. Yeah. It's all about, you know, withholding the energy inside of you and utilizing it for healing power for yourself and all beings versus releasing it out of your root Mm -hmm. you know but i I don't know i think that orgasms give a balancing to the whole body when you're not abused just like so there's a place where you can go and pay i mean if you want to be i did go to this group with my friend oh you infiltrated we infiltrated we went to a meeting in santa monica and like sat around and the whole like it's a community of people that own with each other and so you join and then you can like pay to be in a workshop and then they teach you how to ohm and you find an ohming partner and then you like meet up and like ohm sometimes where I guess they just like lightly flick your clit for 15 minutes and then you're like, okay, thanks. Bye. And it's supposedly like some people are swear by it and love it. Whoever these lovely people are (laughs) are definitely like pirates in my industry that need not be associated with ohming or this is not okay it's not okay so we went to this meeting (laughs) and realized quickly like it's like newbies welcome like an intro to oming and like so we went but we realized that we were the only newbies there and it's all oldies not like age wise oldies but just like veterans veteran omers who are there to like welcome you into the group and then they have like you sit in a Fresh circle. Fresh clitorises, come over here. Yeah, like you sit in a circle and it's like lots of men and women and then they go around, they're like, okay, we're going to do some exercises. And it was giving me way cascade vibes too because it's like a leader sits in like at the front and then you kind of are crescent moon around him or her. And they're like, we're going to go around the circle and please everyone fill in the blank. Like my pussy wants and then you say like what your pussy wants and so everyone had to like say that I'm not to the group. okay with pussy i was like either my <laughs> love my wussy <laughs> i was really tame and then they put then they pick people out and put them on the spot in the hot seat and then the leader asks you questions until you get like flustered essentially like they ask me a lot of questions that are kind of leading questions but it's like what are I can't even remember now, but it's like all led up to me saying like I wanted to be like fucked hard, and this is the first this time I like ever Catwoman relive, yeah, and that's <laughs> the first time I'd ever said that in front of like a group of people, and I was like, mm. like I was just like shy still at that point. At this point, I'm like whatever. I've literally like pegged, so it's chill, and like we'll find something new for you. But at that point, I was like, oh my god. But then afterwards, you do all these kind of exercises made to make you feel like sexual or uncomfortable and then you have like social time afterwards and the whole thing is like enticing you to pay for a workshop that then you would get to maybe see someone ohm and then you pay for another workshop where you get to try oming by oming you mean clitoral stroking yeah you have a oming partner and then you find someone to like clitoral stroke you 
And so afterwards, sex cult, sex cult, all sex these cult. guys like came up to us and we we're like chatting us up, but it's just like, no, thank you. I was like, you're literally talking to me so that you can like stroke my clit, like in a chill way. But like, also I don't see how you could like have your clit stroked for 15 minutes and then not want to like fuck someone afterwards. I don't know if I want that much particular focal point on the clitoris you do it it's like supposed to be light they have like a full blown, it's like a place that they say a specific readers place. can't see the hand motions that are going on right now <laughs> but it's down below the belly button and above the knees they tell you it's like to the left side or something like a specific place that they're supposed to stroke and they have to wear gloves and then they just like go like this over and over and over. And it, you're supposed to just like be in a meditative headspace. Uh, but I'm like, this is like, it's like two sides. But then they have conferences where you can go and ohm where it's like a huge room full of people ohming together, which is like not for me. Love that. There no. are. Okay. So Bhakti Fest was this weekend and there are rooms of people oming together with their clitorises not involved. I just want to what put do you that mean? out there. They jerk off? No, they just oming. You can't call it oming. You can't call oming. And that's what it's called. Oh, that is like, we need to like, Hindu has copyrighted that shit. They can't call it that. No, I'm going to look it up. This is horrible news. <laughs> So at Sacred Roots Holistic Healing, we pride ourselves on being a bridge from from it's places. O- <laughs> yes. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, it's okay. I want to know. I want to know more. They call it oming because it stands for orgasmic meditation. Of course, that's why they call. Yeah, it. but then, <laughs> well, what happens? So oh, and never- the company that started it, the, like the whatever that you can go to these like conferences, is called One Taste. So I still get all the One Taste email how many tastes did you have i only had one taste of their intro to oming group and then they were like pay us like four hundred dollars to come to a intro session i'm like uh noming <laughs> i actually had a cult-like experience at this place in long beach um i'd love to share about too but i can't remember much of the details because it was pre-motherhood you can't remember it was like I was teaching yoga on the bluff in Long Beach and it's a regular group of people that go out there every day at 6 and 11 and this gentleman just comes up he has a ponytail on his head and he's just like I'd love for you to come to a service at our at our church mm-hmm. and I'm like okay great and there's like he was like there's a meal and you know it's just all about oneness and so I think Sounds I lasted classic about classic cult. I lasted about a half an hour there and they're like yeah the the spirituality is in the music. If you listen to the music you'll find it. And then there's just all these people that are kind of looking blankly around. Was this in Venice? No, this is Long Beach. Mm. It's a little long. I'm sure there's a branch in Venice as well, but there's it's just uh, What is it called? I can't remember right now, but we looked it up before. I mean, I wish I had more Let of these skills. Seventh and Temple, I want to say. There's this church that's there. And it's. I think it's been functioning for like 20 or 30 years. And um, there's a few unique, unique units in Long Beach. But that's part of why we created our space to be really emotional safety, professionalism, integrity, open-hearted communication. And emotional safety, I mean, you cannot be creating emotional safe environments when people 
are probably potentially receiving trauma with this. They could be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're. Was it called full circle? Coerced. Possibly. Because Andrew Keegan from 10 Things I Hate About You started a cult in Venice called Full Circle. Oh, Andrew Keegan can do whatever he wants. He has a cult leader vibe. For sure. He passionately seeks to inspire and empower the community to co-create a better world. What? What's the cult name? Full Circle. I think it might have shut down, actually. Actually, Full Circle, I think that a chick that does Linda Arnold, she does sound meditation at sacred roots. And I think that she also does it at a place called, called full, full circle. circle. Mm, yeah. I think that full circle is Andrew Keegan's. Cult. But what's culty about it? I mean, well, illegal kombucha. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. He sounds like a real renegade. We have a full circle. It's about timing. Whatever the path, some other time, it's a circle. The center is now. That's what it's about. He explained to Vice he was inspired by exploding an exploding street lamp and a heart-shaped rose quartz crystal that jumped off the altar and skipped on camera. It sounds spooky. But you know what? Who wouldn't want to worship? Okay, he started a cult called Full Circle. And he started his own religion, and it was in Venice on, like, Rose Avenue down the street from Justa, my home away from home. And it was a, it's his own church, and it was, like, drum circles and stuff. Yeah, I guess we're, like, one step away from that, but without the official religion or cult because we're non-denominational, as in... Yeah, Oming started in San Francisco, and you have to pay to get involved and, like get into ohm what does your friend i want to know what your friend is talking about it's true it's true oh she Linda, is she's fo- been with sacred roots for four years and she has been playing she's also playing at bhakti fest i mean she's an og homie but this is with torquem g once we did an overnight sound bath at sacred roots mm-hmm. and uh i just love that all the cults are coming together so i was asking laura before the show you know would this make my center fifth generation Synanon cult? Perhaps. If Synanon was created by the man, by the same guy that started our boarding school, then the boarding school. It wasn't created by the same guy that started our boarding school. Oh, I mean, it was like. Cons- so it was more the concept of the Sidu schools was based off of Synanon. Yeah. And then people who went to the Sidu schools then broke off and started ours. So ours is like tangentially related for Third sure. Third generation. Because forums are a direct interpretation of the Synanon game. But like, that's not. It can link. You can trace it back to Synanon, like the origin of that type of healing therapy troubled teens but like it's not like directly related i would say that makes me fourth generation not fifth is what i'm hearing here what's interesting is that you have gravitated like you've leaned into the energy of cascade and made it your business in a I way i crave it yeah i actually and it, and it's not and it, for the record there is no cult at there's at no sacred cult roots sacred there actually roots. is really amazing sacred healing roots work is a holistic healing center i'll give you an example of the breadth of sacred roots i was looking into ayurvedic massages uh facial like massages this week or ayurvedic facials because i really want someone to like rub my face with oil and like massage my like jaw and shit and just like 
make me cry because I read an article online about an Ayurvedic massage, a masseur in like New York that like was amazing. So I was like, I'm where in LA be- can I get this? And I yelped it. And then on the Yelp list of top rated places in Southern California was Sacred Roots. And I was like, ding, ding, ding. that's my friend. That's your friend. Yes. And I, I can't take credit for all the amazing things going on there, but well, well, I didn't did, recommend you. For- oh, I love that. I, I did start the center with two other ladies and we've magnetized like 10 to 15 to 20 to 30 different practitioners all offering their own small businesses, which is what is different about a Burke Williams or these other businesses where they're just kind of like busting out as many sessions as possible. At our center, it's more about empowered entrepreneurs offering their gifts mm-hmm. instead of making it about like... And you give them a space to practice. Yes. Yeah, salon style. So... so it is amazing to be able to see the people that want to come through once you just create something. We were talking about like, what are we going to name this place? We were like, let's call it Meta. And then we're like, <laughs> let's call it like, you know, we thought of all these different names and it was really important for us to feel like a bridge yeah, and not like something like we're only, you know, um, we didn't want to feel exclusive. Mm-hmm. We wanted to feel open so that anybody that is ready to receive, you know, and be open to receiving a more meditative approach to wellness instead of these environments that are either luxury or sports oriented, there's a whole different demographic coming through of this cultureless generation where we haven't been given, we can't be Christian. We can't be Catholic. We can't be Jewish. We can't be any, well, we're not the, cho- I'm not the chosen person, so I can't be Jewish. Otherwise I probably would, mm-hmm. but you know, like there's, you just, um, we haven't, at least for me personally, I haven't been given a cultural, uh, connection besides shamanic approaches to wellness Yes, I went to I went to preschool at a Christian church, and somehow I snuck into my friend's Mormon church for years in fourth grade. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like different approaches that I've seen all of these things. But after going to the boarding school, I moved back to Mount Shasta, and I spent nine months there just immersing myself in the different like meditative approaches to wellness. And that's what part of it is living in Mount Shasta after the boarding school. But mm-hmm. we just had Miss Yellow, this amazing muralist come through. You guys should check her out, her workout. She's an amazing Latina um, powerhouse. And she is doing international murals of her beautiful work. And she just did the outside wall for Sacred Roots. And it's just covered with these forests, like huge psychedelic trees with these two deer. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And I just was like, she has brought Cascade. She's brought Mount Shasta to Long Beach. And so it just feels full circle. Do you think this was always (laughs) the journey that you were on? Full circle. Mm. Um, No. No. Well, I I spent two years. I spent two years at Baron Brown Method Acting School. And then after that point, I spent three years in playing music with Free Lions, which if you guys need to hear me playing music... (laughs) Check out Free Lions. It's on iTunes and Spotify. Jocelyn and her brother had a band for a hot minute. <laughs> for three years. And we had, it was a six-piece band, including a 65-year-old bassist and my best mm-hmm. friend, Emily. And it was so fun. But more than anything, I found it super healing to be playing the music with my brother, like regarding all of the grief that had been going on with my family. So it just kind of naturally turned into this, like people, I was massaging people at my waitressing job and they were like oh will you massage me at your house for half an hour not oming or stroking or whatever (laughs) we're talking about and you know and that kind of led to like wow i could really pursue this people are really interested in receiving from me let's create a venue for that and so i 
became a massage therapist, then I became a yoga instructor, then I, three years in, we started the Sacred Roots. It's been six years since then. A year ago, we started cultivating the vocational school, Panacea Holistic Institute, where people can come and learn all of the modalities that we offer, Mm -hmm. which is really exciting. The apprentice student master model. Yeah. It's interesting that all of that, it did lead you full circle back to the community, creating the community and creating like a healing community at that. And I think that really maybe that was the genuine hope of the school, but because everybody was forced to go to that school, that yeah. they were cut off at their knees because the emotional safety was lost. Well, yeah. And also it's like you have people who are not chemically qualified. Oh yeah. Also the counselors are not like qualified. They're not certified to counsel teens in crisis. It's literally just like randoms who lived in the mountains and like went to other schools like this that are implementing these like programs that aren't necessarily and principles that do make a lot of sense. Like I, the pendulum effect and there's certain things that they talked about, which is like to the amount you feel your pain is the amount you feel your joy. And that's like all very, that all makes sense and ties together. And in my like kind of spiritual searches and like what I know to be true feels true to this day but then a lot of it was like what the fuck are you guys fucking talking about and you're insane and you're like making my life hell i'm still grappling with that the vision of like or not even grapple i just feel like what what i'm trying to or what we have been creating is a space for people to dive in willingly Mm -hmm. because you you have to have have to yeah and i'm not i'm not a counselor but i do self-care coaching because i've been in the holistic industry for 10 years yeah and you are like you have like healing training to heal you're like a licensed massage therapist i mean i'm a poet i'm an advocate i'm an you know (laughs) okay so we want to share we're gonna share i found my i found this journal that I knew that I had written a couple things in, but I was like, oh, this will be a good dream journal because I listened to an Oprah podcast recently where she interviewed like a dream psychologist guy and they were talking all about like interpreting dreams and blah, blah, blah. So I found this old journal and I was like, it has a lot of space left in it. I'm going to keep it in my bedside table. And then whenever I have a dream, I'll write down my dreams. Then I was like really stoned the other night and started reading my journal entries and realized this, this was my cascade journal. And then I started weeping. And then I came to a point where I was like, Oh my God, like I love myself and like who I was and I feel for her. And like, I love her. And it was like a very cathartic moment You're showing up for that young lady. Yeah. And then it was like a lot of, it just was like a wow moment. So mm. I'm going to read some of those entries, but I asked you to bring something from that, this era that you would feel comfortable. I didn't sharing. have the balls to get into a journal, but I do <laughs> like Laura. She, she dove deep for us. Mm. Thank you. You're devoted to your readers. You know what? I'm devoted to just like letting it all hang out. I appreciate that. I um, I found a poem that I wrote two days, I think before graduation mm-hmm. and literally I just sat down and it all just came out like, like some kind of white girl Eminem moment. Wow. Okay. And so you wrote, you read this, allowed at graduation this was part of our graduation ceremony there was 12 or 13 of us that had survived after this two-year it was program. 12 i think graduation poem written and recited by jocelyn fee hmm. what is this all about 
breaking down even though it is not expected and pulling from an unknown strength even when it seems like there is nothing left. (laughs) Winter to spring to summer, we will fall and rise as an ebb tide, an ever-changing ocean flowing into one another's arms and giving rest to that precious place. Extreme to routine to contention and contemplation is finally not the answer. But it is a practice to react, to have the ability to respond, to love the judged, to trust the liar, to feel a passionate desire, which has drifted from the storm-wrecked ship onto the familiar sand of true simplicity, where yes means yes, and I don't know is the wisest answer. This is about you and me choosing to see beneath the tear-ridden face and plastered-on smile. There is a glimmer of imagination left in the reflection of your eyes. The roughness of the stone protects its sacred diamond, and the roughness of the bud stretches its petals to the sun. This is about a second chance, another chance. Glancing at a self-imposed war turned romance. Wow. That's deep. 17. Those are deep thoughts that I feel like we as graduates of the program would get, but anyone listening would be like, what the fuck is she talking about? I know, but I read but this I the first knew. time. Like when I read this 15 years later, I think I cried when I read this because I knew exactly like all of the things. Like I know what you're referring to, but it's very insular in that way. I'm Let's hear from happy Laura. To that my journal entries aren't as cerebral. <laughs> <laughs> This is February 5th, 2003. Dear Journal, Today is my 15 months at Cascade, so I guess this is a special day in many ways. I am or have been here for a long time, so I should try and do something special to celebrate that, and I'm starting and making a commitment to writing in this journal daily. No fucking around. I swear. Side note, I wrote in this journal for like, I did like 14 journal entries and totally. Total. Yeah. It was like, Goodbye. To start off slowly, I need to write down my resentments and judgments that come up during the day, as well as any times that I sell out to people. Oh, selling out! <laughs> yes! Selling out was a huge thing. I need Cascade. to re-implement the selling out. People would always call you out for like being a sellout. So help me out with that by looking good and poetic so I feel like writing in you, Okay. I love me talking to my journal. Like I really was committed to a dear journal. So today, February 5th, 2003 is the day I committed to writing in a journal. Yay. Well, this morning has gone okay so far. I found myself judging Tiana at breakfast. Her and I. (laughs) Her and I aren't talking. And I think she's immensely full of shit. Full of shit. shit. Another classic word. She's become dishonest since her visit and lives a lie. This is not so different from Vanessa. She tries to justify it to people and make it okay that she got fucked up on her visit. Oh, well, her symposium is tomorrow. I think I'm going to go sick to bed on Sunday because I (laughs) can't stand to see her fakely dancing around. I'm trying to release my judgments of myself and others, but talking about this has really pissed me off. Ah! Then I took a break and came back. Well, the day simply got worse and worse. (laughs) I had a pretty bad forum. I had to break my contracts with Jocelyn and Ashley. And I hate doing that. I hate my judgments of others and myself. My fear runs me. I hate being weak and desperate. 
Tiana came in the dorms after dinner and I told her that I didn't want to talk to her and to get the fuck out. Whoa. Oh my God. I don't know what to do about this situation. I want to be happy first, but something is getting in the way. I need to start meditating. This is something I've been telling myself literally <laughs> since 2003. 15 years strong. That, al- that along with journaling is the best way to be with myself and look inside myself. Drop judgments in all caps underline. <laughs> Say what I mean. Don't be afraid because fear just gets in the way of doing what I need to do. I need to look into my fear and see where it comes from. Shit. I just realized that I lost my letterbox. Stress is a killer. Peace, love, joy. Lara M. Shane. Shut <laughs> up! I want to know terrorists. what the were. I know. We I, I, I say things in these journals that just like are so vague and explain nothing. But then... I also put a lot of quotes from people that like really moved me. Like this one has just in quotes, respectfully held inside of me. Tracy Connolly, who's our English teacher. She was a legit member of that community. Yeah. She was like very active. She was not only a great English teacher. She participated in forums and workshops and was like highly involved in like a chill way, not like a scary way. She had style. Okay. Here. Still does. Two, six, Oh, three. Dear journal, I am so immensely full of shit. I just need to start acting how I really feel and be direct with people. I can't drop my judgments if I don't look them square in the face. So act how I feel and just let it all hang out. (laughs) Unfortunately, it's not that simple. I'm not in the present with my emotions or should I say actions. That's it. And then I have a Dr. Fisher quote. The irony of trying to hide what you do from people is that they see it anyway. Dr. Fisher. Yikes. True. (laughs) Here's a good one. (laughs) February 7th, 2003. Audrey is such a bitch. That girl is so selfish. She thinks that she's entitled to just take my clothes just because she's going through a workshop. Fuck her, man. Oh my God. She was her symposium. (laughs) I know, but it was not okay. Don't take my clothes. (laughs) Thank you for holding your ground. Not selling out. I really need to direct my anger towards the things that piss me off and set boundaries with people and live my life from the strong person that I am. Today, I'm really going to try and not worry about what other people think. Last night, I went to an NA meeting on campus. It was pretty good, but it's hard for me to level with people about drugs and feel equal with them. Directness is what I need. That's the only way to be genuine with people, following the voice in my head to know whether or not I'm staying true to myself. Like, what am I talking about? Just like vague feelings and then lots of anger at friends. There's a paranoia that's created when people are constantly telling you that you're full of shit and selling out and not even saying about what. No. It's like, so you're constantly questioning, well, am I a fucking asshole? They're saying, am I the worst person in the world? Am I horrible at setting boundaries? Am I weak and useless? I mean, people were just telling us that we were all of these things without any true. like solid anything. So then you are constantly constantly questioning yourself you're basically getting gaslit by people like 24 7 and like being told that all your actions are wrong jewelry isn't a gift you give just once it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it blue nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. 
long. So here's a symposium wrap up. Dear Journal, sorry, this is February 9th, 2003. Dear Journal, sorry I didn't write yesterday. I was pretty depressed and I am again today. We had our first softball practice yesterday and that was really good. I love softball. So that was the only good thing that happened since I smoke cigarettes. I don't even want to be awake today because it's the symposium wrap up and I don't want to see all of the happy kids dancing around and full of love. I feel like I'll never get it. I'm stuck in the fucking heroes and I feel like no one understands. Oh my God. (laughs) I just realized why I try and talk so much because I want people to just understand me and I feel like talking is the only way that when I was reading that broke my heart. I was like, but I still talk a lot. I was we like, don't want you to stop talking. No, I was like, now my whole life is about talking and I like kind of like figured it out. But even like my 17 year old self was like, hey, I think I talk so much because I just want this thing. It was really sweet. <sighs> I wish I could go sick to bed. Last night I controlled my dream. It was pretty cool, but there were some parts that I'm just ashamed of. I smoked some pretty bad weed in the dream. I wish I could get really stoned right now. <laughs> I'm glad that you took my advice on what to do once you could control your dream. Oh, you taught me how to control my dream. Like, I remember we talked about it and you told me. Then I controlled my dream and I made myself fly. Then I smoked weed and then I, like, fucked my crush. But it was, like, weirdly in uh, the PE auditorium at my school in front of a lot of people. And that's what I felt really ashamed about. Oh, expose. Yeah. I remember remember that dream. Just so you know, I'm totally nervous because you're going closer and closer to my dad's death day i know i talk about it but really lightly and it's like a one-off sentence oh my a bt dubs <laughs> it was a bt oh, dub should i read it or is it let's see dear journal this is february 10th yeah so not yet it's not till the 17th but still i was just like oh my gosh this is right around that time dear journal so the symposium wrap-up was yesterday it was actually awesome I got really sad during it because Tiana came up to me and I just felt all the love and I just lost it completely. It was so amazing to be crying strong tears instead of weak tears and to feel love, safety, and support from everyone in the room. It was just an awesome feeling to receive that from a room full of people. This is the cultiest thing that anyone, like all these like weird terms, like I'm so in my heroes. I had a good appointment with Courtney today. She challenges me in our appointments, and I really like that about her. I was challenged by her to break my contract with Lauren. And you know what? I really did. I did it. Normally, I get so nervous in forms, and I can't articulate and worry and try and make other people give me the answer. And today, I was clear, concise, and genuine. It was an awesome feeling. I feel really good about myself. I know that I just need to trust that everything will be okay. Dr. Fisher is going to be so proud of me. I am proud of myself for today. Love, Lara Marie. Oh, and then at the top said, Roz Snyder says that she saw me as strong and respects my strength. (laughs) Roz. We love Roz. We love Roz. Okay. Dear Journal. Okay, now it's Saturday and I'm so sorry. I've been slacking off this week about taking care of myself. This week has been okay, I guess. It went by really fast. I had an okay Dr. Fisher appointment on Tuesday. It was weird not to talk about anything emotional with him, but Thursday's appointment went well. Okay, so I guess I was seeing him twice a week at this point. Yesterday was a pretty good day, I guess. I had a basketball game, and even though we lost, it was really fun. Okay. Oh, this is it. February 26, 2003. Dear Journal. So anyways, I'm back again. Sorry to not have written in so long. I've been depressed and sad, so I've deprived myself of talking to anyone and fooled myself... (laughs) 
into thinking that I don't have anyone to talk to, even you. Well, let me bring you up to date. (laughs) Truman Capote is the best author ever. I finished his book and it was brilliant. I must read Breakfast at Tiffany's as soon as possible. I'm going to get it on my visit. I need to remember that. Well, there's actually some big news. Jocelyn left last Tuesday on really short notice and she had to go home because her dad killed himself. I'm still shocked that it happened. I wanted really badly to feel something about it, but I just couldn't. And I felt like even more of an ass. <laughs> Don't even let me commence about fucking Tiana. And then I oh just get- <laughs> I, love- I wanted to feel something. I feel like you feel more compassion now than you ever have before, I guess. I guess. I mean, I feel like I was shocked i mean that period of time such a bubble that was like what the last time was from the 15th to the 26th it was this 10 day period and that happened like the 17th i don't even know crazy it's crazy well there it is in writing it officially happened (laughs) we weren't lying he did (laughs) kill himself I was convinced that he didn't. And then when I went to do research of where he killed himself, mm-hmm. it was at this like Vietnamese restaurant. And I went in there and I was like, was there a shooting here last year? And they were like, no, there was no shooting here. And then like some lady in the back was like, the man shot by himself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, that's the one. I was like, do you know where that happened? I like went and tried to like stand. Was it on a, was it in a park? It was across the street from a park at a restaurant parking lot he locked himself out of his car and fell you know when he shot himself in the head he fell to the ground and landed on his keys so they thought that he was shot by someone else because the car was locked Mm. but once they got inside the car there were notes and everything so then they knew crazy that's crazy this has been healing for me though even going over this time with you in this arc and sharing this and discussing it, it's been, I think it's really helpful for me, even looking back at all of the school and where we've come from and what matters to me now and how much of a scammer I used to be. Yeah. I mean, I was really good at it. I miss it. Maybe you were a scamtastic. <laughs> we're going to try and utilize that energy when we go back up to, I'm we're going and back up to Cascade. Evoke, evoke all the scamology, but in line with my principles. We have to, we have to finagle our way back onto campus because someone just released an article about the current school, Riverview Christian Academy, that's on campus. Like BuzzFeed just did a huge like expose on the fact that they're basically like a conversion therapy, like Christian school. But we don't want anything to do with like their journey. We literally just like want to walk around campus and like think about our lives. But going back all over this and like I truly forgot about like all these journal entries and then reading them. It's just interesting because you see like everything that was really going on that I felt like so intensely about is very vaguely alluded to. And then mostly I'm using these journal entries to like bitch about friends that I have like up and down, like really chaotic relationships with. But even you are like not mentioned that much outside of that one mention. And you and I had like a chill relationship. That's because we didn't have problems most Mm. of the time. We And we talked about, we really enjoy the one time we had a problem, which was the murderous rage. So is there anything from that time period? (laughs) Now I like talk shit about our friend who really got 
made me mad. Another appalling case of teen abuse. Yeah, this is the this is the latest news from the Cascade School. There's that glorious picture of the dining, <laughs> of the dining hall. hall that gets used in every single horrible story. Many unfortunate teenagers have fallen victim to the traumatic fear, confusion, and isolation that often results from being sent away from home to a residential or wilderness program, although these te- programs advertise their ability to help teens. And that's what I'm talking about. I think that we don't have... There, because of all of the sexual abuse in the churches, all of there isn't a safe place in our culture. Basically, we injured all of the native people offering the gifts of like the shaman gifts. Mm-hmm. And then all the, the churches have been like totally bastardized with all of the sexual abuse. And I think that there's like this new onset of Christians that seem pretty positive, but then you hear weird stories like the school or whatever. And where are we supposed to go? We're supposed to go to to Babe? I don't know. I think it's a I mean, Babe moment because... I'm like, I don't have any answers. Like, I look at my writing and I'm like, I still deal with a lot of the same problems now that I have in these journal entries, which is like constant questioning of myself and like... I mean, obviously, I'm a little more, like, with it as far as, like, I have a handle on my past and, like, what... I think it's healthy to question yourself. Yeah, and be constantly, like... Paranoia, though, is another level of... Trying to hold myself to a higher standard and having less, like, hyper-dramatic relationships and friendships, like, that drive me crazy. But, like, I don't know. I see... I look back and I've been in the past year going back through a lot of my writings and like journal entries and like poetry that I wrote and papers that I wrote in school to see like what my younger self like wanted for my future self. And I see like all the groundwork being laid for like what I'm doing now, which is like I podcast and like put myself out there and write and do all these things that like, it's just so it's lined up like with that, like reading and being like, I don't know why I talk so much. I think it's just like, I want people to hear me and like accept me and then just be like, Oh my God, like that is exactly what I'm doing. And then like in eighth grade, I wrote some paper about like my dad is my hero because he like is a doctor and helps people. And like, I hope that someday whatever I do, I can like help people. And even though it's like, not on the same level as like a brain surgeon, I still do get emails every so often that are saying like, I've been in such a dark place and like your podcast make me laugh and it's helped me. And like, I'm like weirdly have fulfilled a destiny that I wanted to fulfill and to like know that it's just weird. It's like emotional. And like you, I feel like every, I, I want you that. You are attaining that. I yeah. think that, you know, it was, it's been kind of like a fun journey to do the writing, but I think that you're stepping into and walking into like, well, how can I use this for the good of humanity? Yeah. You know, at this point, it's like, there's so many people who have shame about their, um, their own explorations with partying and things like that when actually it's been some of the most enlightening moments of their life. And I think that there is also, there's a, a flip coin to that where it's like mm-hmm. finding the balance, finding the middle ground where it's like, you don't have to be an NA or AA. There is a way to be a just finding your balance and creating a life where you're supporting people, not because you're perfect or have the answers, but just because you've been through 15 years of figuring yourself out. Yeah. And there's that, that, age range of people that are 15 to 30 who are doing the same stuff that you've been doing so well for so long. And that's 
really what I, I don't have any, and that's what I always go to in these circles that we run, these self-care classes that we have where it's like, this course is about you figuring out what works out for you. Mm-hmm. I don't have the answers, but the, I do have tools for you to be able to figure out what your answers are. Yeah. And I think that for you, I mean, writing has been like the, a huge gift you've given everyone. Writing is like, and it's funny because I have such a, I have like a really, I have a weird relationship with writing because it helps me so much. And it like even just journaling or being able to scribble something down and like express myself, like I need to express. So whether it's talking or writing, it helps. Talking is a lot easier to do than yes. like writing. So I've gravitated towards that recently. But like, it's cool to look back and those are my cousins that I just like taped them in my journal and was like Tony and Mackenzie, of course, like randomly in the middle of some other whole journal entry, but to look back and know that, and to be able to read that I've always had the tools to do what it is I'm meant to do is like a very reassuring, satisfying feeling. But then also it makes me really sad because I remember, and I think everyone goes through this where there's like, there's been so many periods in my life where like, I feel like I don't know what I'm supposed to do or I feel so lost and like, it has just been like so hard and like unnecessarily. So when it was all there all along, but I think that that's part of the journey is that you have to go through those like really shitty trying awful periods to like figure out what the fuck you're supposed to be doing. And that's like the grand you are in the midst of this despair, this, you know, this crux, who who arrives for you. Yeah. And that's like the grand payoff, like, or the quid pro quo of life is that, like, I think everyone is born with all the tools that they need to do exactly what they were put on this earth to do. And the whole thing is, like, figuring out how you do that. I think the grand payoff is probably massaging Janelle Monet at Music Tastes Good. <laughs> In two weeks, the ultimate scam. Because You've been trying to work this in seamlessly. I'm glad that you gave up on it and just going for it. I okay, so <laughs> I just want to let everyone know that there's an amazing music festival happening in Long Beach. KCRW is hosting Music Tastes Good and Janelle Monet is gonna be there and Sacred Roots happens to be the relaxation station chic and so we'll be in the vip section and we'll be backstage and I if think- you're going to this music festival go check out jocelyn yeah scam your way over to sacred roots relaxation station we are going to be having reiki and massage therapy and cupping therapy ayurvedic massage and all the different things but the main point is that all the headliners are receiving um, massage like they're receiving a session on the house yeah from sacred roots and music tastes good and so your goal is to get janelle well I, just to, to show her the appreciation for her service and her gifts i want to be able to share my gifts you know yeah. certain things can't be said in words mm-hmm. i know you receive a lot of reader mail but i could give you a, a reader massage and you would be able to feel a certain way that does not make the intellect well do you want to make a special offer to our readers if there's a reader 
Oh, please. If there's a reader in Southern California in Long Beach, I would be happy to, um, I don't even know what, what, what sounds like a good, what sounds like a good deal for you? Cause I don't want to say a free massage. Cause that feels like, no, that's, it's that's too, like too much. I would love to offer a free sauna with any massage session. What about a discount on a massage? I love your deal making. I love a deal. Okay. Okay. This is what my gut says okay yeah you if there is a babe 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 there's a babe that needs a massage that's in a dark place right now 50 percent off a signature massage that's huge that's normally a 69 dollar massage was it 60 minutes it's 60 minutes and we'll put a sauna on either side so it's an hour and a half treatment for 35 dollars i love that I mean, Plus a sauna at the end, which is what you're supposed to do after a massage. Sweat it out. You can sweat it out before or after. And really, we, we're not even in the... Uh, this is one oh, reader gets this. Oh, only one of There's these. There's one of these available. Claim it and come in and check us out. And if you don't want to come get the massage, which I know that you want to get the massage, we are having our next art opening October 28th called Ego Death. I love that. Because it's all about the season of allowing the parts of ourselves that no longer serve us to fall away. And that's what I'm hearing is we're doing this checking in with sacred or checking in with cascade and our journals and who we were. And I think it's really like anything that I thought I was supposed to be and anything that I think I am, I'm ready for all of that to just be sloughed off. Yeah. And allow this rebirth. So on October 28th from one to four, we're going to be focused on endangered species, shamanic practices in death. There'll be costumes because it's Halloween and a harpist. And I'll be there. So there's the added bonus of getting to meet both me and Jocelyn. In costume. In costume. In the moment. And so wait, how do people get in touch with you if they want the massage? I would love, all you need to do is email us at sacredrootshh at gmail.com. With the subject line, babe? Question mark? And so whoever does that first, you get it. Yeah, and if you do it second, then I might still try and give you stuff because we love giving stuff away. Yeah. We find that when people finally get into our center, they're like, what is this place? It's a cool place. Like, how have you guys been here for so long? And we didn't know it was like this portal. So come on down. I love an ego death moment. And I love like the experience of looking back and then reading through all this stuff and seeing me as my, like a 17 year old dealing with similar themes to what I deal with now. And then also seeing things that make me really happy, but also things that make me really sad. Like there was a moment where I was writing, I was like, lamenting the fact that I was a size eight and I just hate it. And why can't I just be, and I'm like, why have I been worrying about this for the past fucking almost 20 years? Like this has been something that I've thought about all the time. And I'm like, this sucks. And also like, what if I, it just, I came away from this like little journal moment being like, what if I just decide to love myself regardless of anything and what if i decide to like let go of all of this shit and just be like you're fucking cool you've gotten it since day one i love who you were i love who you are and that's that i believe i can fly (laughs) i believe problematic fave r kelly (laughs) i am right there with you and on my wedding day i was like oh i have like this 
cooge in my belly and I named her Gloria because you know I like you, that when you have a belly named Gloria you can't hate her Gloria 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 <laughs> and so there's many levels of why Gloria is my teacher mm-hmm. because on my wedding day you know I was like or that week I was like well I didn't like lose that weight that I was maybe gonna attempt to pretend like I was gonna lose weight for some reason and it was I had the moment was it's not about anything besides accepting the woman that is right now walking through this yeah. threshold and it's accepting her and saying this is the woman I'm presenting to my husband or my wife or whoever it is mm-hmm. whoever you want to marry but it, totally accepting my body and I remember some one chick that was like oh my god I can't believe you chose that dress that's like totally a dress that I would wear and I was like who um, said that um, just somebody without much mind in their mind not in the bridal party no not in the bridal party but still it's just like <laughs> I like that you yeah. are. I got really bridal for who, a sec. Who, who, who? And like, I'll beat her up. Like, the, <laughs> well, shake her forms. Take her forms. <laughs> we'll indict her. That's the thing is like, I, I was like, yeah, you know why? Because I'm like 10 times the woman that you might think I am just because Gloria is hanging out. Yeah. That has nothing to do with the beauty in my body and maybe that I won the large areola contest at boarding school. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Also, it's like, it's just like, what a waste of mental space, truly, to like worry about. And I say this like from a place of being like, what a waste now, but like tomorrow I'll be like, I need to work out or else, like, bleh. and 10 years from now, you're going to be like, oh my God, 10 years ago, I was such a babe and I was still I talking and shit. And I've talked about this a lot, like on the podcast and in past episodes. And it's like, but it's like, what a waste of, time that could be spent vitality and talking about other things and like worrying about why you're not a certain body type like why you don't just look like this but and that it's is like anxiety that's what anxiety yeah. does it throws you into a space where you can't even be realized you spend your whole life unrealizing who you are instead of accepting your divinity accepting who you are accepting the beauty we're all fucked up, but do we choose to see our fuck ups all the time, or do we choose to see the beautiful parts of ourselves? We get to we get to choose the lens, mm-hmm. and people are just not willing to believe that they choose the lens. People are willing to to believe that it's victim land, and it's all up to whatever the social program says. And yeah. I and I'm really over that, and I'm glad that you're here to speak to it. And no, I'm help ready speak to speak to it. I'm gonna have Laura on my podcast, the Self Love Line, coming yeah. up soon. Let's do some reader mail. Hi, Lara and Ryan and guests, potentially Jocelyn, if my timing is right. Babe, first of all, love the pod. Thanks for being so funny and candid and hashtag real. I've been following the white girl problems Twitter since college eight years ago and literally die over it. Anyways, do I have a story for you? Let me tell you about one of my truly darkest babe outs that happened back in, of course, my freshman year of college. Setting the scene, I'm a frumpy, hashtag awkward kid, not exactly living, laughing, and loving in NYC with a sense of humor that I guess just wasn't everyone's cup of tea. Re Capricorn Sun, Gemini Rising, and numerology number 11. Isn't that a babe in itself? And pretty much just trolling myself through life by really just hating, judging, and avoiding everyone. I guess I was really moody and didn't have much chill when it came to meeting new people. Anyways, the city is about a 40-minute train ride from my childhood home, and oh, hell yes, did I take that train home every weekend, because guess what? I was unlucky enough to be sharing a sweet-style dorm situation with seven other guys. 
This meant that there were three bedrooms, two of which fit three guys and one that fit two, and we all shared a common space of a living room and a kitchen. This setup was unfortunately not as glam as you'd think when half of them don't understand basic hygiene or realize you can't just dispose of tuna salad down the sink, for example, vom.com. I won't even mention the bathroom situation. I'll let your imagination nation take care of that but i digress i'm getting ahead of myself and back to my babe ways and you'll soon see why now as someone who loves his alone time and personal space duh who doesn't this dorming situation was a troll to end all trolls what did i do what did any teenager who doesn't know how depressed they are would do vent about it on tumblr (laughs) by the way few things are as mortifying than revisiting your old college tumblr where you cataloged nay surgically pinpointed exactly what you hated about the world and all the people in it not to mention all the posts about how no one seems to really understand how you literally can't live without coffee dark right just wait One night, I was feeling extra angsty and decided to write a tell-all expose on basically why I hated each one of my roommates, complete with full dramatic detail. Not gonna lie, I was good. I really let them have it. It was paragraph after paragraph, and I would have totally gotten away with it, too, if I didn't go the extra babe mile and tweet the link. Now, I forget if my direct roommate had been following me on Twitter beforehand, but nevertheless, he found it. And of course, he shared it with all three of the others. If you're thinking this is like the infamous scene from Mean Girls when Regina reveals the burn book to the school, it was worse. I would have welcomed an all-out brawl. Instead, they confronted me quietly one night in a hallway pretty soon after about it, and I swear I blacked out most of my memory of it. I remember making some half-assed promises to be open about what was bothering me or some shit like that. As if. I hated them even more for it because imagine the same people who I was already infuriated with for not being able to clean a dish were now the ones lecturing me about a courtesy and sharing space. I'm pretty sure I disassociated from my body and just nodded to get through the excruciating encounter. We might have even shared a laugh at my calling two of them Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Just typing this out is giving me horrid flashbacks. I've gone back a few times into that embarrassing graveyard of Nalls to try and find that one post, but I'm pretty sure I scrubbed it from the internet. Otherwise, I would have totally have sent the post to show you. Now it's just a true lol, unless you guys know anyone at Tumblr. Lol, lol, lol. JK, but like, maybe... Anyway, Ryan mentioned that there's always a twist in these babe out stories, and mine is that the ordeal bonded me to one of these roommates, Steven, we can name names here, as best friends for the rest of my college experience and to this day. I remember I devoted literally just one sentence sparing him from my moodily typed wrath. It was something like, but Steven's cool, he can hang, moving on to dot dot dot, cue to him being the Anderson Cooper to my Andy Cohen, and the very person who introduced me to your podcast. I guess the moral here is that you need to get dragged through rock bottom to make friends or something like that. TBD. Thanks for listening to my story from a very devoted reader. Truly yours in Babery. P.S. Would love a tie-dye merch moment, but they're all sold out. Also, if you choose to read this on the pod, you can totally name names. P.S.S. Thank you to the babe who recommended Running on Empty. The book looks great, and at least four people that I know need it. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Steven and Babe Andrew, I'll name names. Yeah. Yeah. Double dare accepted. Cutie. Oh, not even Andrew. Anthony. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) One A name at a time. Oh, someone else writes, Babes, thanks for talking about abortion. I had one earlier this year, and even though it was best for me at the time, it's so stigmatized I can't talk about it openly, except with like two people. It's complicated. So thanks. Oh, you're welcome. True. There's so many people have so much shame around it. Yeah. 
and it is very complicated, but here for your journey. Oh, here's me getting indicted by a reader. Uh Oh, what'd you do? a boo-boo? I didn't do a boo-boo. They hate that term. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad. Subject. I have a one-year-old and a six-year-old. I know that was a boo-boos. fully one-year-old communication. It's true. Brain trolls. Hey, Lara. Just got to mention quickly how much of a serious Wonder Woman you are and that with Sup and subsequently Babe, I found my virtual community of companions and laws, trolls, modern feminism, and all in between. So thanks. You're welcome. Now, though, I have to get real. Lara. Is it a babe to try and deceive your own readers? In your recent ep, when Jocelyn mentioned having sex dreams about her dad, um, let's not get into how fucked that therapist seemed to be, you made the casual, nonchalant remark that you think you might have had a sex dream about your dad at some point. Maybe, perhaps, not a direct quote. Come on, Lara. We are your readers, after all. And as you say, anyone who listens to Babe is a genius. So please don't try to fool us. (laughs) The truth is, and you know it, anyone who's ever had a sex dream involving a parent does not forget it, regretfully. That shit stays with you like a stain on a cum rag. Sup reference. Holla. Oh, and a New York Housewives reference to top it off. The parent sex dream is the brain troll we all try to pretend didn't happen and fret over for years, wondering whether it means if we're attached to our literal makers, our pedophiles ourselves, or whether our poor life choices are finally catching up with us. But it certainly is not something we think could have happened, might have happened, maybe once. I can only justify my judgmental tone here because I, too, have been down a path of public proclamation about my own dad's sex dream, and while it actually meant And what it actually meant was that I found out I, A, wasn't a freak, and B, actually feels good to release that secret shame. How it came to be was that I was chatting with a friend about God knows what when she told me how another friend of hers had once told her about something really horrible that had happened to her. My friend, let's call her Tosh, decided that it would be a matey thing to do to tell her friend something awful that had happened to her in return. You know, to make her feel less alone and generally less shit. So Tosh says, I once had a sex dream about my dad, thinking that this is the deepest, darkest secret she can share with someone. And once this person hears this and knows how fucked up she is, they'll know how much she loves them and wants to help them. Instead, the friend turns to her and goes, oh, yeah, try having brothers. Lol. So this obscure act of kindness didn't have the exact desired effect. Tosh doesn't have brothers. But hey, it's a thought that counts, right? And so, as Tosh tells me this story, I'm sitting there going, holy fuck, I thought I was the only one. There are other freaks like me. And for the first time in my life, I actually speak of this gross, sweat-inducing memory I have of having a sex dream about my dad. It felt fucking great. Talking with someone about (laughs) something a moment before I would have never, ever have thought to admit made me feel such relief. That was until a few weeks later few weeks later when tosh and i were hanging out with some other people including my boyfriend when some fucking how the topic of sex dreams comes up again and tosh casually goes yeah x and i have had sex dreams about our dads and i'm like woman what you just outed me to other friends and my boyfriend less of an understanding audience at this time because those friends had in fact not had the privilege themselves and were generally repulsed by us they'd claim not to be but i could see their faces not safe Tasha's logic was that so far in her dealings with friends on this topic, she'd had a hundred percent response rate of me too, AKA from two people, very small sample size and blindly ran with it. Many a law later, we still talk about her outing of my dad's sex dream. And again, it feels fucking great. 
I guess my point is there are some things that make us terrified of ourselves. Having a sex dream about my dad was one of those things for me. Worrying about what the actual fuck it meant and why those two very separate elements of my life would be so meshed together by my subconscious and played out for me like some video kidnappers used to torture their victims with was eating away at some part of my overall confidence about myself as a sexual person. The relationship I was in at the time, and in fact am still in, was my first experience of being with someone that made me feel comfortable about my own sexuality and general self, and I was learning to share both those things with this other person. Somehow the dad's sex dream expose was a part of that. So sorry if this was utterly nonsensical and boring. I'm not good at being concise. Also not good at wrapping things up. So thanks for reading and thanks for the podcast and generally for being you. Love and light. I love that. But also I wasn't lying about my dad's sex dream to make Jocelyn feel better. (laughs) She was trying to play it off for a moment because she was like, I was like, well, I didn't want to really get into it because I didn't feel like describing. my dad's dead. So like, so he's like, not going to listen to this. He's not going to listen. <laughs> and, I mean, or he's already listening. Or he's like in the great listening universe. But like, <laughs> yeah. I just like didn't care to like go down the road descriptively. And also it was like, I didn't write down the dream afterwards. So I just remember like the point in the dream where this was happening and me realizing in the dream that I was in fact doing it. And so I just didn't like, I'm done. I found out something. I was told something about when you're having sex with anyone in their dream, in Mm -hmm. your dream, it's really revelationary. What does it mean? That you love them. I love that. That's it. You know, that you miss them and that you love them, that you crave intimacy with them. Yeah. Or you crave intimacy with that energy. Mm -hmm. So maybe you were looking for a mentor in your life when you had that dream. Maybe you were seeking some kind of somebody to look up to. Yeah. Maybe you were seeking that kind of foundation. So I'm so glad you could share your shame with us. And I was, I mean, after I even felt, I was like, oh God, I forgot that I was on recording. I thought I was (laughs) talking to Laura. And then I was like, you know what? I have nothing to hide. There's nothing to hide. And you know what? A wise girl from our school once said ain't no shame in my game it's only shame if you make it shame oh which are words to live by thank you she also said you're over there sucking on your mama's titty (laughs) (laughs) yeah she loved to accuse people of sucking on their mama's titty which i love the visual like i love the visual and i'm like trying to figure out in what context like that would be an appropriate insult it was baby. just like when you're being a fucking baby. Mm-hmm. One step further. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're a baby. No, you're sucking. No, you're on actually your sucking mama. on your mama's titty. I love. Okay, one last reader mail. Hey, Lara, the new format of Babe has been killing it, and I'm so proud of you. I've loved the guests and the variation that we've been getting from arc to arc. Anyways, getting down to the real reason I'm writing, which is a callback to a Babe episode of Old, where you and Ryan got into the Olivia Munn of it all. I've had two recent journeys where her name has come up, so I felt compelled to share this law with you. First, I'm getting caught up on the Goop podcast thanks to your, thanks to your recommendation of you and Tierney refer, referring to her voice as a velvet smoker. It really is. In listening to past eps, I was trolled to see that the next one coming up was Olivia Munn. Then I realized it was actually Olivia Wilde and I needed to stop getting them confused. 
The second story is much more of a lol from a few weeks ago brought to you by Olivia Munn, Ambien, and the VMAs. I had a big work presentation on a Tuesday and was feeling restless, so I decided to take an Ambien and laid down to go to sleep in my bed while my boyfriend was watching the VMAs in our room. I must have drifted into my initial phases of my Ambien journey because I do not remember this, but Olivia Munn was announcing the next award. When they said her name on TV, I started violently reacting and talking out loud to my boyfriend about my friend who she made swim in her pool in a sweater. My boyfriend, only being on and off a ba- only being an on and off babe listener, had no idea what the fuck I was talking about, but I recounted your Olivia Munn story to him as though you were one of my nearest and dearest, and was vehemently dragging Olivia Munn, saying what an awful person she was because of it. My boyfriend also Snapchatted me during this Olivia Munn ambient rampage and sent it to our friends, so for a solid week, everyone was trolling me about my seemingly random Olivia Munn hate. It gave me a huge lull, and I loved how the pod apparently permeated my subconscious to the point where I felt the need to defend your honor. P.S. Stray Babe Observations on Goop Podcast. One, why does the producer always call Gwyneth GP, as if Gwyneth wasn't a babe enough name already? Two, have you ever heard someone deliver podcast ads as seamlessly as Gwyneth? It truly blows my mind and I guess must be the secret to why we're all knee deep in goop. Thanks for being a babe and excited to see the journey of the pod continue. Love and light. I know why she's called GP. I read about it. What? I mean, I don't even... She's called GP by everyone she knows. It's because that is her, like, when she started after acting and she started going into this business, Mm -hmm. it was like her assistant was calling her GP instead. Like, this is like... Maybe her ego death. Her ego death. and uh, From the actress, Gwyneth, Gwyneth Paltrow, and now she's GP. Guys, she burned down Gwyneth, and from the ashes arose GP, a.k.a. Goop, Goop, purveyor of all things. I want to say good on you, Gwyneth. You're welcome on our podcast. Uh, yeah, you are. Oh, and also, her voice is Velvet Smoker, but B, if you listen to this week's episode of Sexy Unique Podcast... I I'm releasing episodes starting September 20th. So check those out. But I have my first ever ad on that podcast for Casper mattresses. And I did my best GP seamless impersonation, like getting you into the ad. And I really took all inspiration from Gwyneth. So I owe it all to her. Thank you, GP. Yes. Look forward to seeing you soon. I look forward to seeing you all the time. I feel like already in collaborations with all the work that we're doing. Actually, this is what's so funny is I didn't even know anything about Goop because I'm totally out of any kind of pop culture. I've been off the pop off since boarding school. Basically, you got to get in the pro, get with the program. But then I found out I was like looking for for businesses that I thought would be a good fit for my my vocational massage therapy school, and I thought. I'm going to let Goop know about this new school that's starting in Long Beach, and they're definitely going to want to be associated. I found out they were a little out of my range, but overall... But if you get people from Goop, like that's like if you want to be featured, like you buy ad space or whatever and become a partner of them. You and need that's them. not what I... I didn't want that. No, I wanted to be the to premier massage so guess school what? that Goop If offered. anyone who works at Goop is listening to this podcast, you can also get a deal from Jocelyn. Like if you needed to become a massage therapist by some of the best massage therapists in Southern California, Rebel Massage. Or if you just more. want massage treatment or Ayurvedic facial or anything... I don't actually do Ayurvedic facials. I know, but like other people do. Other people do it. There's just sacred roots. There's lots of options for you. I just like to open the door and say thank you. Yeah. For holding it down on a different level than I am. I'm at the, I'm more at the grassroots, the sacred roots level. Yeah. 
You're like at the Long Beach level. She's having a Brentwood Santa Monica journey. It is what it is. I did Santa Monica a few years, like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Haven't really been back. Yeah. Except we went to, to Native Foods. What food place? Real we, Food Daily. We went there. But you, that's when you were going to acting classes and I lived in Santa Monica. So we had a lot of interactions. We've been through it all. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being my guest. I'm so lucky and happy to just hang out and really just to take some time away from the family unit to yeah. chill with my BF. Look how big my foot is compared to yours. My big toe goes to the top of her, to the bottom of her big toe. Also, I'm going to give the readers a big toe bruise update because I know you've probably been wondering how they're what doing. What happened? I just tripped acid and danced really hard at a Grateful Dead Shut show. Up. And I think my shoes were too tight and they just got bruised on my toenail. There's no like real major story. I blame the acid. Yeah, same. But so the bruises are still very active, but I still have both toenails and I'm just like letting them breathe and I'm not doing any sort of pedicure over them. But I'm trying to wear closed toed shoes as often as possible. I'll have Jason send distance Reiki to your big toes. Please have him send some distance Reiki. (laughs) I'm not kidding. Send it. I'll text them. Okay. (laughs) Ah, Readers, if you want to send me reader mail, do it. Babepodcast at gmail.com. If you want to support this podcast on Patreon and become a patron for bonus episodes and random content that I feel like giving you, as well as I have a book club that you can be a a part of, you can do that. Patreon.com slash babepodcast. Follow me on Instagram at babepodcast. Follow Jocelyn on instagram at jane is my middle name jane's jane's my middle name follow sacred roots sacred roots holistic healing panacea learning and the self-love line and uh thank you so much for listening dude this has been awesome this i love been you so fun. i love you too thanks for introducing me to your community and namaste namaste and guess what we're going to be back eventually with more updates on our cascade journeys. We might have to connect in October about the ego death one more time. So yeah. So stay tuned. This isn't the last time you're going to hear from Joss and, uh, peace out. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.